Welcome to episode four of the Hawkins Adventures podcast. This week you will hear about a great hike in the Lake District, a kit review which helps you make camping and being outside comfortable, a book which is great to dip into before and during any trips, plus my website of the week which will help you with planning and navigating bike trips and hikes online and offline. If you're wondering who I am, my name's Will Hawkins. I'm a former British Army officer, I've been a professional yacht crew, and I cycled down Africa with my brother. Now here's the hike I did recently with Penny in the Lake District. Went uphill, now I'm going downhill. Alright, <laughs> down. you're being recorded now, so be careful, be very careful. It's a bright May morning. You can't let me do anything, can you? <laughs> it's a bright May morning and we just set off. Uh, we're near Buttermere. We're uh, between Buttermere and um, what's that called? Crummock Water. Water. It's a bright May morning and we're near Buttermere, between Crummock Water and Buttermere. And we're heading up Grassmoor this morning which is another Wainwright and uh, compared to the last couple of days we've been here the cloud is broken up somewhat the wind is lighter and uh, there's less rain in the air and apparently according to the weather mountain weather forecast it's going to be a nice fair day on the top by the time we get up there so we'll see we're just setting off now and to the left of us is Grassmoor looking fairly big tall and ominous um, but uh, we'll just take a nice steady climb up to the top and uh, see if we can get a couple of other Wainwrights while we're up there, seeing how our legs are doing. Well, we're just starting the ascent. I'm getting up uh, side Cinderdale Beck, have this rather steep track through rocks and through the bracken up ahead of us. Way above us is a grass moor in the sunshine, looking lovely, but a long way off. Magnificent views all around us, with the, the lakes behind and hill ahead. It's going to be hard going. Well, we've been going for about an hour now, and uh, Climbing up Lad Howes, the uh, spur which goes up to Grassmoor, and uh, been pretty steep in places. Well, I thought it was going to be easy going, but uh, it's uh, easy underfoot, but pretty steep. The views are simply breathtaking. To the right of me, I can see Lathwaite Hill, which Arthur Wainwright, Wainwright recommends going up which is a, a small hill relative to Grassmoor, but uh, get a great view of Buttermere from there apparently. Sunshine's out, the, the blams are, are barring and all is good. There's a light cool breeze, which is more than welcome. Off to the right of us now, as we climb Lad House, we can see Red Pike Clearly, it's the Wainwright Penny and I climbed the day before yesterday. And it's standing out in the sunshine, 
all bright and cheerful, which is contrast a contrast to how we saw it the other day. It was misty, tons of rain and windy. Looks absolutely beautiful in a funny sort of way. We just stopped for a short break and uh, had a drink of water, which uh, sounds like a normal thing to do on a hike when you're hot, but uh, there's something deeply pleasurable about drinking water on a hike because it tastes so sweet when you're thirsty. So uh, that's been lovely. Stopped taking the views again. Now ahead of us, we've just uh, turned to our left slightly and we're looking up Lad Howe's proper and we can see the pathway going up ahead of us up the side of Grassmore and uh, see a couple of hikers way up ahead of us and it's uh, going to get really steep towards the latter part which is going to be challenging but uh, at the moment it's eased off a little give us a short break before the next steep ascent. One thing you don't expect too often when you're walking in the lakes or the hills to see uh, two fighter jets pass through the valley. Two, uh, I think they're F-111s, I'm not sure, but uh, they just steam through at a rate of knots in the valley below and, uh, and then pulled a sharp right up over one of the small hills near Red Pike and uh, pulled what looked like some incredible G and looked as though they're going to crash but obviously didn't um, and zoomed up over the mountain. Now I don't know what it was like well what it was like here was spectacular if you'd been on that hill where they'd flown up above you that would have been quite an experience. We're getting close to the uh, top of the ridge of Grassmore and this last section which is probably about another 200 meters is uh, steep and rocky and the path is zigzagging its way up but uh, fortunately there's uh, glorious sunshine around us and uh, we've seen a couple of eagles soaring behind us in the valley and uh, the weather's getting better all the time the clouds thinning but this is uh, steep and pretty hard going but uh, with regular breaks it's fine and we've stopped a couple of times for a drink of water but this is a uh, pretty steep. As Penny just said, this is the easy bit. We're uh, gone past the rocky bit. We're now broken the back of that steep part up Lad, Lad's hand. And, uh, um, and we're coming up to the uh, final stage of reaching uh, Grassmore, top of Grassmore, where it's flattening out. There's grass on the top. A little bit of rock underfoot, but uh, it's really uh, very close to the top now. Well, we got to the top of Grassmore. It was rainy, it was misty, a little bit of wind, and uh, we thought, well, that's it. We've missed out again. Another peak with no sunshine. So we sat down anyway, next to a cairn, pile of, next to a pile of rocks, and uh, had our lunch. And a couple of minutes later, the cloud cleared and the world opened up around us and we could see right the way to the, the uh, Dumfries and Galloway off to the north in Scotland. We could see uh, 
all the way over to Scarfell Pike, right the way around us was a 360 degree view of the Lake District and, uh, and the area beside it around us. And uh, now we're going to go off the top and we're walking over to uh, another trick point which is called, uh, looking at my map here, or Eel Crag we're going to go towards, no, Crag Hill we're going towards which is a trick point and then we're going to drop down and head over to uh, Wandope and Whiteless Pike before heading down off the hill. We're dropping down now between, uh, into the saddle between Grassmore and Crag Hill. It's uh, a bit rocky underfoot, not too bad a slope. Um, we'll drop down and then uh, head up to Crag Hill as a, a, a trig point. We're going to stop there and we double back on ourselves. We just passed four people um, who were volunteers who were clearing out uh, gullies, uh, drainage gullies, so that the um, path doesn't wear away or cause too much erosion. And they were a funny bunch um, saying uh, they've got only got another 50 hours of community service left. Uh, but it's actually said that it's more fun than it looks, so uh, these people are vital for keeping the um, hills and the paths uh, in good, uh, good uh, nick and stopping erosion by humans uh, overwhelming the, the countryside. So uh, fantastic people who do that sort of voluntary work. Great to see uh, them and perhaps one day I should be doing some of that, contributing back to the upkeep of these uh, fine places we can walk in. I came down off the top of Crag Hill Penny decided not to join me at the top to save her knees from the descent. From there we went over to Wando, which is another Wainwright. From there you get the most magnificent views down into the valleys from where you've just climbed up and across to the other mountains, including Scarfell Pike off to the west. To the north you can see the Solway Firth and Dumfries and Galloway on a clear day and it's the most magnificent view and well worth it. We're now walking down Whiteless Edge towards Whiteless Pike there's this uh, narrow ridge which you walk along towards the, uh, the pike and you drop down and rise up to the pike before dropping down into the valley and the uh, other side of it's got a drop off of steep valleys and it's just beautiful view ahead of us and directly ahead of us is our old friend Red Pike where we went up two days ago so this is a great little descent here. It's a wonderful thing walking along a ridge in the mountains. The either side of you, you've got uh, two wild valleys. There's a sense you're between two worlds. It's just magnificent. Walking along with the wind blowing, views either side of you, the, the path ahead of you, up to the peak. There's something to behold. We've just come down off Whiteless Peak, now towards uh, around about to Whiteless Breast and there's a footpath picking its way around the, the hillside. It's a lot uh, less uh, steep than we were before, so it's a lot easier walking now. And uh, we can see below, beneath us now, there's a buttermere, and uh, it's all looking very green and lush down there. And to the right is um, Squat Beck, which is the uh, little river which leads down towards the car park. So we're coming towards the end now. Been uh, tough in places, but actually, it's uh, been incredibly satisfying. As the cloud cleared at the top, we could see, as I said earlier, all the way around, and it was really worth the hard work and effort getting up to the top. So um, I'll mark this up on the uh, 
the podcast notes and uh, you can find the route and follow it if you want to. Uh, so we're, we're getting close now to finishing. We just walked down Ranadale where Squat's uh, Beck runs down Ranadale and it's famous for its bluebells which uh, went out when we just walked through but it's uh, a stunning valley and uh, the Beck is uh, runs through all those deciduous trees and the bracken and you cross over a footbridge and it's just a bit hobbit-like it's so uh, so um, wonderfully green and lush and uh, full of plant life and in the sunshine well it was, uh, just took our breath away so we're not that far now from being back at our start point we'll note Ranadale down in our memories as one of our most amazing walks and it's been uh, really worth it all the effort climbing up and then uh, the views at the top and uh, the feeling of satisfaction that you've got to the top and seeing all these views across the the lakes and uh, out towards Scotland. What a great walk. And now for this week's kit review. My product review of the week is lightweight camping furniture made by a company called Helinox. I've got in my possession here a product called the Chair One and Table One. So that's a, a chair and a table as the name suggests. Um, so what problem do they solve and why are they any better than any other camping furniture? Well, most camping furniture is clunky and heavy. You tend to get these steel-framed, nylon-covered chairs which um, are bulky and heavy, um, and they're fine if you have plenty of storage space and don't need to carry them around. And they make camping uh, and being outdoors much more comfortable. But they tend to, as I say, get in the way. They're heavy, they're bulky, and um, they are not very convenient. So why is the Helinox lightweight camping furniture different? It is incredibly comfortable, the chair one I've got. Um, obviously the, uh, the, light, the lightweight table is also convenient, but I'll come on to that in a minute. Now firstly, they're lightweight. The table one weighs under a kilo. Chair one is under a kilo two. They're incredibly easy to set up. The frames are made up of interlocking aluminium poles with internal shock cord. So the poles all spring together, so it makes them easy to snap up and get, get set up. Also they pack down very small, so they go into your backpack boots, storage locker in your camper van or caravan very easily too. Now in terms of size, when packed down the table one is 11 centimetres high by 11 centimetres wide and 40 centimetres long. Now that's, um, you know, is a, won't take up much space at all wherever you put that. In the table one they've got two cup holders in the middle and when you set it up it's 38 centimetres off the ground and it's six centi 60 centimetres long and 40 centimetres wide. So that gives you a nice little table for two and uh, with cup holders in the middle. Now, when packed down, the chair one is 10 centimetres wide, 10 centimetres high and 36 centimetres long when packed up. And uh, when you set it out, it's incredibly comfortable and I'm a fairly big chap and uh, I find it comfortable um, compared to some of the other cheaper but heavier and bulkier uh, seats you can get. Who'd buy it? Well. Anyone who likes being comfortable outdoors, in short, whether you're a hiker, camper, caravaner, or even a traveller. And if you like being outside but need some creature comforts, these Helinox outdoor camping furniture is absolutely ideal. So what's it made from? Um, as I mentioned, I mentioned the poles already are made of aluminium, but Helinox makes them out of a nylon mesh and nylon material, which is easy to clean and very tough, whether both for the table and the chair. The chair one is so strong 
and they can take up to the weight of someone who weighs up to 320 pounds which is about 22 stones so how much do they cost well the table one costs at retail price 110 pounds and the chair one costs about the same and where can you buy them well you can buy the, the chair one and table one on amazon and other outdoor shops but look at the podcast notes for the links and you can get them cheaper with uh, on elsewhere on some of the recommendations i make now here's my book of the week so let's now go on to my book of the week so this book is a seriously useful book to dip into before and during your outdoor adventures it's called the great outdoors a user's guide and it's written by brendan leonard it focuses on the United States, but the tips and ideas are valid no matter where you are in the world. For example, it answers questions like, how much water should I take with me? Or how do I get back in if I fall out of my canoe? Or even, how do I forage for food? And it really is packed with tips for enjoying the outdoors, whether you're hiking, camping, canoeing, skiing or more. It's a great source of information. And the book is one I recommend for you to have on your shelf to refer to before you plan your next adventure. So that's The Great Outdoors, A User's Guide. It's published by Artisan for $18.99. You can get it cheaper online, so check out the podcast notes for links of where you can buy it. And now for my website of the week. So this week, this is not just a website, it's an app too. If you cycle or hike for fun, then you generally need to follow a route. Now I love maps for planning routes and then using them when you're out and about. One example of a good app I use is the Ordnance Survey Maps are excellent, as is their app. But the Ordnance Survey maps only covers you in the UK. So what if you're planning a trip abroad and you need maps for, say, France or Finland? This is where my website of the week comes into play. It's called Kamut. That's spelled K-O-M-O-O-T, Kamut. Kamut is a great planning app which you can use online to plan and follow cycling, mountain biking or hiking routes. So you plan out your routes online using your desktop, PC, or you can even do that using your, um, your an app on the phone, but it's easier, I find, on, the, on, the, on a desktop. So then you sync that route with your smartphone, and you can download the route to your device, and then use a GPS function to navigate along the route. It works when you turn your phone to airplane mode uh, to save battery power, and it uh, continues to record where you are using the GPS. So Commute records your hike or ride, and you can add any photos you take along the way to it. Now, my son is using it to plan a long-distance cycle ride from Norway to Turkey. It's helping him understand the different routes he can take, whether it's road cycling routes or bike touring routes, and allows him to plan much more easily. Commute lets you know the road surface you'll be cycling through during the ride, and will help estimate the time it'll take to ride it, as well as any ferry crossings, for example. There is a free version of it, but you need to buy regions so you can download them to use offline. But it's only 30 euros to get access to all the maps and download what you need to your smartphone. It's a great service and makes planning and following routes easy. So that's it. That's my website of the week, which is Commute, which you find at commute.com. And you can find the details of it in their podcast notes as, as well. Finally, if you leave a voice message on the Anchor FM or leave me a message at my email address, which I'll give in a second, I can give you a free region to try out for yourself. So just email me at whawkins at outlook.com or leave a voice message if you're using the Anchor FM app. So go to commute.com to find out more or find the app in the Google or Apple app stores. Right, that's the end of episode four. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Find out more in the podcast notes, as I've mentioned, or visit my website at www.whawkins.uk for more information about previous podcasts, blog posts, and other information and recommendations. Thank you for listening, and look out for episode five when I talk about the Dark Peak Challenge. More kit, websites, and book reviews too. Thank you for listening.